0: Hi. Hello. Welcome to Knock Knock High with the Glauchamplekins. I am Dr. Glauchamplekin.
1: I am Lady Glockenflecken.
0: And uh, we are so happy to have you. Here. It is mid-July, and um, we. This is an exciting time in medicine. It is because July first. Actually, you know what? It's not even July first now. Like yeah, a it's lot kind of, of scooching back. A lot isn't of it? residencies are starting their interns like a week or two early.
1: Yeah, I've noticed that. On that social media happen? there's a lot of people Why
0: is that? That's not fair. Yeah. Like give your give give your new interns a break, like let them uh, enjoy their their last vestiges of life. Well, I don't, don't know. That. Don't That's you remember fair.
1: that like two or three weeks in between like when med school was over? Yeah. And residency hadn't quite started yet, and like the time off was kind of nice, but the financials of the situation that's, get a little tricky for people. Absolutely, you're going a few weeks without any sort of, you know.
0: I do remember thinking payment
1: or loan or anything.
0: I remember like looking at Cobra once. I think uh-huh. it was uh, and, yeah, I think, and I was like, oh, this is not possible, right? Like th- <laughs> this is like three thousand dollars a month. This is insane. Yeah, Uh and and I think. I, I want to say we just kind of
1: hoped for the best. Hoped, we
0: just let it go <laughs> and hope for the best, which is terrifying knowing my medical history. Yep. Uh, It all worked out. But anyway, so now interns and and like the, the medical year, is starting now a little earlier. But now a lot of interns have had about a month. Mm-hmm. And everyone's- At least a
1: couple weeks for people I, to settle yeah, in. Yeah, and
0: I just want to clear something up. There has been, you know, you always hear like people make jokes about this. And this is actually something I never make a joke about because I don't it's not true. And I don't want to like sow any uh angst and and fear uh regarding this issue of like, oh, you don't want to go to the hospital in July.
1: Right. It's that's not, when all the it's newbies not, start.
0: That's when all the new doctors, that's garbage. All right. Yes, there are lots of new doctors, but you know what? You know who also recognizes that there's new doctors? All the old doctors. They know. <laughs> They They're know. never
1: paying closer attention than
0: everyone. Is, is is there's there's lots of supervision. Everybody's double checking things, mm-hmm. and, and they've I I, I want to say there has actually been a study looking at like yeah. mortality and certain like health measures, uh, you know, in July versus other times, and and it's it's you know that that's it's an unfounded fear, and mm-hmm. uh, and so to all of you people thinking about out there thinking about getting something done. Some surgery, some procedure. It, it July. It's fine. It's in fact, fine.
1: You know what? Maybe it's even better because yeah. those fresh, you know, people fresh out of med
0: school—they're they super have smart.
1: Learned a lot, or they know a fresh lot. out of residency. Those people are like the most.
0: They come with a new knowledgeable perspective. of everyone. They come with a new perspective. And up on
1: the newest technology. Exactly. it's all still fresh in their mind. And
0: their attendings are vigilant. Yeah, they're hyper vigilant. They they know they know where the shortcomings are, where where uh where the the new interns and new doctors need to grow and 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 get the experience. And so they're on it, you guys. All right, yeah, it's and fine. so if you go if you go
1: in and you're a patient, just you know, be patient. <laughs> No, but really, have a little bit of like understanding and compassion that they they might be a little bit nervous. Yeah, they're, things they're might new, move a little. They're slowly, in a new job,
0: but you're still gonna get great care. Yeah, don't worry about that. Uh, I'm I'm more just like they're right now. They're all like super stressed.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I <laughs> feel I, protective over the new people. I, I don't remember. Know
0: why. I remember what it was like. You yeah. know, like being unsure of myself and uh, you know, not not not. You know, knowing if I'm ordering the right dose of Tylenol.
1: Right, right.
0: <laughs> and uh, relying on the, the, the people around me, the pharmacists and, you know, getting advice from them and, and yeah. physical therapists and nurses and all that. Just like really re- like leaning on the team to just like, you know, provide Some re- checks great and care. and
1: balances. Exactly. Yeah. Just yeah. making and sure. Also, go check in on those people's families, the newbies, you know. They've all just moved to new places for the most part, and, and they're all starting new jobs, and they're trying to get established, and like, don't forget about the families. Of the,
0: doctor, of the doctors? Of the new doctors, yeah. yeah. That was or you. new med students. That was you once upon a time. That
1: was me, yeah, but that's a lot of people, and um, people forget about, about the invisible support systems behind all of the new doctors, so.
0: I'm trying to remember what rotation I started on.
1: I have no idea.
0: Maybe in emergency medicine or I don't know. I don't know. I've blocked out a lot of that. Yeah, time. I do
1: remember taking a picture of you on your first day of residency. I'll maybe I'll have to share that. Like a first day of school picture.
2: Oh,
0: yeah. And you then did, I also took a
1: last day of school picture on the day you were done with residency and you had like your lunchbox and everything.
0: I looked quite young. I did.
1: Yeah. That was a long time ago. We're getting old.
0: I know. All right. Let's get going on this yeah. episode. So we have a special guest today, Dr. Zach Antonop. All our guests are special. Uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Zach Antonov uh, is, um, it's his pen name, actually. He's an author and a practicing anesthesiologist. And he has uh, written a fantastic book that I'm is. I'm
1: very intrigued by the title.
0: <laughs> yes. I really
1: want to read it just to figure out what that's about.
0: It's called I Watch You Sleep A Doctor's Tales of Anesthesia and Chain Restaurants. Like,
1: what do the chain restaurants have to do with it?
0: I love it. Also, so,
1: what are you watching me do in my sleep? Exactly. I just have so many questions. So,
0: we talked a little bit about his book and just about um, practicing anesthesiology. He he pulled down the blue drape for us mm-hmm. and told us a little bit about what his job is like, and I think it's kind of fascinating for people in medicine, but also people who have have always wondered, like, what is it that's going on while I'm asleep, mm-hmm. which is a question that Kristen asked.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's one I have all the time.
0: So here we go. Here is Doctor Zach Antonov. Oh. All right, we are here with Dr. Antonov, Zach. Thanks for joining us. So excited to talk with you. Well, I'm I'm honored to be here. You must really be
3: kind of digging at the bottom of the barrel to have me on here. I think. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, we scraped, we scraped, and <laughs> scraped, and yeah. uh, and then we found you, and so and you're here. Yeah,
3: am I am I like the first non-famous, non-influencer guest you have on? I mean, there's not a single no, set no, of no, embroidered no. figs and fig scrubs in sight. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Fame, famous people are 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 boring. Like, you're probably going to be bored talking. to Not that we're famous, but, I mean, uh, it's, uh, you know, we we like the bottom of the barrel people, if that's what you okay. prefer to well, call that we,
1: we are bottom of the barrel people <laughs>
0: okay. at heart. Well, Just a couple company, of bottom uh, cellar dwellers talking to each yeah. other. That's all we are here. Uh, and oh. Zach, it looks like you're in some sort of awful appearing cubicle right now. Yeah, so I don't
3: I don't know when's the last time you've been in something called a call room before, oh, but that's where oh, I've heard I of am because tonight I am going to be in the hospital on call working. Um, oh, man. But it's this place inside the hospital where you can sleep yeah? the whole time or work the whole time, depending on what's happening.
0: They got like prison issue sheets and blankets and pillows. Yeah, it says,
3: you know, property of Rockland County prison across from it. I think they get like the third hand,
0: third hand (laughs) sheets. Actually, this is a good question. When was the last time I was in a call room? It's Mm. it's got to be. I I didn't use it in in residency. It was all home call. That's all home call. Uh, Oh, that's nice. Which Which home. Well, home call is a scam. (laughs) I I don't know. It is. (laughs) It's a scam because it's an excuse to 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 bypass work hour restrictions and residency so that you can still work all day the next day. Yeah, that, and that's, to pay that's you
3: way less of a salary too because you can't <laughs> do anything anyway the whole day. You're just like always on edge.
0: Oh, I can get a call
3: here. I can get a call there. I can't go anywhere.
0: So Zach, I want to ask you a question uh, because ask you a have a, a a background in comedy. You're you're a writer, and uh, you write very funny stuff, and uh, you've, you. you've dabbled in a little stand-up comedy. Um, just as a, like a general question, are doctors funny? What do you? Th- what's your gut reaction? Are we funny as a as a as a field as a vocation? As a field and vocation, I think no,
3: and I think overall we're not really allowed to be. And I think you've probably gotten that sense when you started off on your glock journey um you know you had to hide behind a a nom de plume at first and you know society just expects doctors to have a certain uh, demeanor to present themselves a certain way you know lives are in their hands you can't be saying like okay i'm about to save your life but then also check out this one-liner i've been working on Uh, (laughs) but but the the stuff that we do lends itself to a lot of humor um and yeah i think many doctors use humor as a way to process kind of all the intense stuff that happens in medicine that many people probably can't even comprehend right. or they might even say how are you making fun of that and you say well i mean gallows humor you know it's some of the yeah some people's defense mechanism um but i'm glad you found me at least here to liven up your show with humor has been a little too much serious stuff
0: about yeah, things lately. he's
1: not very funny so i'm glad that you're here
0: <laughs> i struggle i i try i try my <laughs> best with the jokes no it's uh um uh, i think i think we i think in general uh, what do you think the answer is do you think doctors are funny I you've think- interacted with a lot of doctors that are not me
1: yeah <laughs> yeah uh i think when they're being doctors, no, they don't tend to be funny. Whether they are funny as humans, I don't know because it's like he said, I don't think you guys are allowed, quote unquote, to be funny like it's it's considered unprofessional.
0: I think we're maybe not as not as funny as we think we are.
1: there's that too. I think you guys are pretty good at like dad jokes, like that's <laughs> oh, nice yeah. safe humor. i I've, yes. I've encountered a lot of dad jokes,
0: yeah, that's 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 my go-to with patients. you know, yeah. you talk about like I get asked this question a lot as, as what, what is, do you tell jokes to patients? Like, is, are you like this? Are you doc? I'm like, no, I'm not like a comedian, like in my day to day life. I'm sure you, you feel the same way, but, but when you, when you bring jokes in, it's uh it's very dad jokey, Yeah, very kind of like corny, safe humor. Right. Do you, as an anesthesiologist, as, as, as you're pushing the propofol and you're, 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 sending patients off into sleep, do you have uh, any, any? what do you tell them? What do you tell people? Do you try well, to make them laugh or is that a dangerous proposition, right, as people are about to <laughs> go into <a> unconsciousness?
3: <laughs> well, hopefully when I'm pushing the propofol is not the first time that I'm speaking to the patient. If that is, that's a very traumatic, really bad thing where – uh, if that happens, I might whisper into their ears some platitude because that might be the last thing they ever hear in their life, you know? Yes. Uh, but you just in start the... saying
1: like a Hail Mary or something. As oh, you're... gosh, yeah.
3: <laughs> no, in a normal situation, you know, uh, anesthesiology is unique because surgeons, all these other doctors, like you're a doctor, right, Will? Uh, right?
0: Kind of. Technically, yes. Okay. I'm an ophthalmologist. Okay.
3: So you build up somewhat of a relationship with patients before the actual, you know, cutting into the eyeballs, into the body anesthesiologists we have maybe three to five minutes before the surgery to establish who we are establish rapport uh gain confidence in the patient to Mm -hmm. put their lives in our hands so it's a lot of reading the room uh you know if i walk into a patient's room and they're clutching some crosses and they're uh, saying prayers or something and the whole family is around them i'm not gonna be telling some dirty jokes there as opposed to if you uh you know you go into a young patient's room they're you know, cracking jokes with me, I'll, I'll respond in kind. And I think that goes a long way with, uh, establishing a, kind of this intense trust in such a short amount of time, which is, I think, very unique to anesthesiology.
0: The last time I'll just tell a quick story. The last time I received general anesthesia was when I had my, uh, I had, a um, my subcutaneous defibrillator placed mm-hmm. and I actually, I didn't, I didn't, uh, meet with the anesthesiologist, at least, at least I don't remember it. They probably did come in, I'm sure to say something, but you know the amnestic effects of all the things uh-huh. that you do, you know, it's all hazy. but I, I the first the only thing I remember is is being wheeled into the room, being scared to death and, um, and the anesthesiologist just said, "Are you nervous?" And I said, "I've never been more scared in my life. And then he pushed like ten milligrams of Versed, and that was the end of it. That was it. He's
1: like, "Okay, I'll give you yeah. a little. I was you're, still, you're still
0: in a dream. I was, uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: And I, I,
1: That's how come everything has gone so well. You're still dreaming.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, you're gonna right. wake up and you're gonna be a resident. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm so thankful for that person. I don't even know who it was. I don't remember any other interaction, but it uh, was—he's one of my favorite people. That is my experience
1: as well. Like with epidurals, I've had two kids. Mm -hmm. The first time I tried to do it without an epidural because I didn't Mm -hmm. know any better, Mm -hmm. and (laughs) oh man, when that epidural hit, it was like the best feeling I've ever had in my entire life. And then when the second one came, I was like, just hook me up right now. As soon as I came in, you guys.
0: How do you feel about doing epidurals? Are you—is that what? What's your favorite part of the job? uh
3: you know i'm in a community setting so we kind of have to do everything you know we do the epidurals the labor Mm. stuff the general ors we respond to codes and airways Um, if you're in an academic place then everything kind of ends up getting sub-specialized you have the people that only do ob and epidurals you have the people that only do general anesthesia only do pediatrics hearts whatever uh but and I think that's the reason I went into community practice. Uh, I wanted to keep doing all the stuff it that yeah. I used to do, um, except, you know, the big things like hearts or transplants. Those obviously don't go to community centers, and you wouldn't really want them to. Uh, but otherwise, I do everything, you know, epidurals, regional blocks. I even sometimes have to interact with ophthalmologists for their cases. Um, no. It's, no, you uh, don't. No way. I do.
0: I get the verset ready. <laughs> That that one milligram, that two milligrams, that must be very exciting for you guys.
3: It's it's very exciting, especially when you have twenty lined up in a day. It's great. But anything I we can do that. to
0: help you, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I always I always feel bad like when I as when I see you guys doing like eye rooms because you don't have any time for breaks. It's it's or I mean you do find time for breaks, but you know it's so fast paced. We're like constantly turning over and. You yeah you don't I feel like you might you,
1: only get one Sudoku. I feel then. like
0: you enjoy like having a little bit of time to just uh, uh, check your portfolio. I don't yeah, know. that is true. It's um the the hard part about it. The hard part about it is just the
3: requirements that we have to do. There's so many clicks and check boxes for every oh, single yes. case you have to do. If that weren't an issue, if it was just actual medicine that you had to practice, that would be the easiest day in the world. You say hi to the patient. You ask what medical problems they have, and then you say I don't care because you're just getting an eye done, and then you bring them into the room, (laughs) and you give them a milligram of Versa, and you sit back like that's the easiest day. But it's the same amount of clicking for a five minute case as it is for a four hour case. So we get we lose a lot of time there.
1: I have a question because I'm not in medicine at all. We got lots of questions for the anesthesiologist here. Is a common fear, right? Or or at least a common concern. Which is, what are you doing to me while I'm asleep? I mean, other than the surgery, like, mm-hmm. obviously that's happening or whatever the procedure is. But, like, when someone is under, mm-hmm. like, are y'all in there making fun of us or, no. you know, like, that's the that's the concern is like. That's what, your concern what? or
0: everyone's concern? I, th-
1: I think some people have that concern. A little self-conscious of just like,
0: about being well, asleep in front of. Strangers Because
1: it's so vulnerable, right? Like you have yeah. no way to know what is happening to your body and then you just wake up and everybody's gone and I don't know. It's, there's just a large gap in your imagination of you know what what could be happening during that time and, and people feel it in all sorts of, of ways. So tell us, clear it up for us. What's going on while we're all asleep?
3: Well, you had two kids, so it sounds like that could be the most vulnerable place you've ever been with your legs <laughs> splayed open and 40 people in the room looking at all the stuff i
1: don't feel vulnerable in that situation honestly which is kind of funny by that time you're like i don't care i don't care who's in here (laughs) i don't care what they see just get this kid out right like i feel like you're more it it feels more powerful than vulnerable if anything
0: i think maybe what kristen is saying what are you doing behind the drape zach sure what are you doing back there
3: i can pull the curtain and you can see the puppet master in what we do here. Um, in terms of what we do to you, uh, there's a lot of things that go on depending on the case. There's a lot, you know, after you go to sleep, there's a lot of things that have to happen. We have to secure your airway with a breathing tube or not. We have to start all the medicines to keep you asleep, make sure you stay asleep. Uh, a lot of medication management, you know, for blood pressure, paralysis, all of that. Sometimes mm-hmm. we have to put other things uh inside you, so to speak, uh, you know, temperature monitors, suction things down your mouth or throat to suck out your stomach, other IVs that can happen while you're asleep. Um, so those are all the things we do to you while you're asleep. Maybe if you have a really super cool tattoo, that's super visible, we might go, eh, that's pretty cool.
0: Um, (laughs) but they have a lot of syringes, a lot of medications. That's what I remember from it.
3: Yep. A lot of medications, but otherwise, you know, that mantra is pretty accurate where it's, you know, ninety ninety nine 99% boredom and 1% sheer terror. So hopefully you always <laughs> fall into the 99% boredom category, which means everything is going okay, where we're just kind of the pilots on cruise control. The ventilator is doing its thing. It's breathing for you. Our medicines are turned on. They're going in, keeping you asleep. Um, okay. su- I mean, Sudoku is such a, like a, such a trope. You know, it's I a mean, cliche, it's, yeah. it's Candy Crush now because we have cell oh, phones. Like we don't
1: need a pen and paper. There. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's it. That's um, right. So it's we're... pretty
1: old-fashioned. It is. That was no an oversight on your part. Yeah.
0: Well, I, 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 I have my the character holding the Sudoku book just because I needed a prop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I the can't, Dell I can't Sudoku
3: Extravaganza.
0: <laughs> you got yeah. it. Yeah, that I found <laughs> at my local uh gas station one day. <laughs> that's where. It's where most of my props come from. Very, uh, you know, just random, disreputable. Places. Yeah, no, exactly. like dollar stores and stuff. But, but very I want to. I want to talk about just anesthesiology as a career because, I in the in the scheme of like work life balance, uh, you got like ophthalmology. So you got me. Like I'm always running my mouth off all over social media about how great my work life balance is and making jokes about it and everything. But I I always say. Anesthesiologists, you guys you fly under the radar a bit. People don't realize like you you got it nice. Like it's it's not bad, you know, the you got to get up crazy early in the morning. That's really the only thing. And 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 you mentioned that 1% of the time when things are um absolutely terrifying. Uh so could you speak about what where do you think you fall on the work-life balance spectrum? Am I correct in my in my my uh, the, uh, assessment of this.
3: So, I think anesthesiology has always been a part of that classic uh, R O A D lifestyle thing. Road, you know, radiology, ophthalmology, anesthesiology, dermatology. Um, well, I the think capital that
0: D. Ma- let's be honest. Like dermatology, uh, there's a lower that's, case. that's the yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: I think that was maybe the case back in the day, the good old days. But now, I think every specialty has its share of you know. Um, Lifestyle issues. Um, We, as anesthesiologists, like you said, we we basically have to always be on, unless you're working at a surgical center where you're just you know business hours Monday through Friday. You get all your holidays off, but otherwise, you need people to do the surgeries, to do the traumas, to do the emergencies, the open globes, the appendectomies that come in, things like that. So one negative is that you just you never know when you're going to be on. You never know when you're going to be off, as opposed to Someone that knows I'm going to be home at 5 p.m. every single day. I'm going to sleep in my own bed every single night. I'm going to eat dinner with my family every single night. Um, So that's really a very big, rough aspect of that. Um, I don't think people appreciate. We're we're basically always concurrent with the surgeons, um, except we have to probably get in even earlier than them because we're the ones that have to do everything first. You know, they just show up and sign a paper and start cutting after everything's already been
0: done.
1: Oh, that's all. (laughs) What
0: what set you on the path to anesthesiology? Uh, You know, I was... Everyone thinks in
3: medical school kind of angels would sing and trumpets would blare whenever you did your first day of whatever (laughs) rotation you're meant to do, right? And you're going to be like, yes! This, like, every time I ask someone about their mother, I get this high and I want to go into psychiatry and, you know, things like that. But that's rarely the case. It's more of a... I think practical decision, people have multiple interests, multiple dislikes. You can say, oh, I like dermatology and I like pediatrics. And then you kind of just have to analyze yourself, analyze the realities of things, the financial prospects, what you want out of life. So I did that. I was interested in urology at first. Um, That makes sense. Yeah, I do like being in the surgical space, the procedures, the uh, fast-paced nature of it. Uh, well, and
1: urologists have a really good sense of humor. So
3: oh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that yeah. was a big thing. A urologist told me, well, you know what the only difference is between urologists and anesthesiologists is? He says urologists play with other people's dicks during the case.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> but then I did anesthesiology. Uh, it's, it wasn't a required elective. I don't think it is required in many places. So you have to actively seek it out. And I just like being behind the drapes, kind of the puppet master that sort of pulls the strings. You know, we're not in the limelight, but uh, we do a lot of things to make the surgeons in the limelight uh, be able to do what they do. And I like the blend of medicine, the medicine aspect of it, because I really do like, you know, thinking about all aspects of, of things as opposed to just, okay, here's my one problem that I have to concentrate on. And we're really kind of throughout the whole hospital. Like you said, we're in labor and delivery, helping ladies we're in the operating rooms, we're in the emergency departments, we're throughout the whole hospital if someone stops breathing or or has a code. So I really like that aspect because I can just go through any door in the hospital with my badge and no one else can say that.
0: I did a, a two-week elective. I don't know if you remember, probably not. I did a two-week elective in anesthesiology. Um, and it was one of those classic, you know, like, I was done with everything else. I just had to do something in med school. I think it was in my fourth year. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I, I, I just remember the sputum. There's <laughs> just there's so much of it. And it's, I just like, I, this is not for me. I cannot, I, no. You no, have I to d- pick your I specialty
3: did. based on which bodily fluid you need least.
0: That's yeah. what I'm learning yeah, with this do. podcast. Yeah. And I did, I did, I attempted one intubation. And I did it successfully. And I was like, that's it. I'm le. I'm done. Like, I, I'm i out. A, I'm 100% on my intubations. That's it.
1: Yeah. I have to ask you something that uh, I would have to ask any, you know, self-professed comedian, which is who hurt you?
3: Who hurt me? Oh, everyone. What happened ev- to you? Everyone in my life. Uh, have you ever been hurt? <laughs> Where did he touch you? Show me. Uh, yeah. No, I, I wasn't a stereotypical class clown. I was always the kind of good boy, straight A student that parents loved having over, always telling their own kids, why can't you be more like him? Um, But I was always drawn to the comedy and absurdity of in the mundane and everyday. And, you know, it it would occasionally show Uh, one traumatic memory I have was in elementary school um, when I and another classmate uh, who was actually very curiously gifted as well. We just like wrote some kind of witty, but kind of crude, dirty poem just for fun. And the teacher found it. And, you know, we got in big trouble. They called our parents. So typically, you know, elementary school boy stuff, you know, penises, uh-huh. things like that. And I'm like, Jesus, come on. This is clever, like clever and funny. So it was all downhill from there. <laughs> um,
1: I recognize that response. That was... like, oh, yeah, it's a good joke. I stand by it.
0: <laughs> I may have yeah. said that once or twice. <laughs> uh, and so. You, you kept doing, I know you, you, you did, you dabbled in a little stand-up comedy, you know, in college and med school and, and what, um, what are the types of things, because what I've learned is that, because I, I used to do a little stand-up comedy as well, uh, there's a big difference with medical audiences versus just a general audience. And I still say to this day, like I've been just doing strictly medical comedy for so long. I don't think it would translate to like a general audience very well. Um, And so when when you were doing a lot of stand up, what what was it that you were talking about? Were you incorporating a lot of your medical education and training or in your job into those those sets you were doing?
3: At the time that I was doing it, I wasn't like exclusively medical humor. Um, uh, because like you said, yeah. we can be pretty specific. I wasn't making jokes about, Oh, I was doing a subtenons block for this ocular case. And he, then he had a hematoma. <laughs> um, so a lot of it was, <laughs> I'd la- I'd <laughs> I
0: would have my ass off at that.
3: I would have had one laugh. Great. Uh, but I would mix just, um, my, my experiences at, throughout college and residency and you kind of have to pick and choose what you think would be funny to the average audience. You know, anything with sensitive subjects always lands, you know, rectal yeah. exams, penal exams, just, you know, all of that. Cause people can relate. That's people's kind of fears or uh, anxieties about the doctor. Um, if you start making jokes about, Oh, I, you know, I had a patient die on the table. It might not really land as well. So I've got to pick
0: and choose. <laughs> Thanks. I think that's, that's now we're up to three, uh, penis references. Mm. already well
1: he did say he almost went into urology (laughs) yes
0: that's true it's still there he's just still that can be forgiven still there you can't get rid of it (laughs) (laughs) um and so i you know i want you you actually you sent us uh, a number of little stories here and i know that you you've you've written a book right i want to make sure that you you talk a little bit about this book because uh, as uh, what's a big part of this podcast is is stories and Everybody in medicine has so many stories. Mm-hmm. So, could you uh, tell us something from the world of of anesthesiology that you think uh, is was interesting or funny or embarrassing? Give us something.
3: Sure. You know, um, you know, I think anesthesiology is a pretty mysterious field to many people. You know, surprisingly, even to surgeons, judging by the way they act sometimes.
0: Uh, yes. I, I gotta well, they don't with... care about anybody but themselves. <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> I have to deal with patients who don't know anything or they focus on the wrong things. Um, when I ask about you know, personal or family problems with anesthesia, or I'm, you know, I'm looking for major life-threatening reactions, uh, they, you know, they tell me their second cousin, twice removed, got nauseated once after a colonoscopy. And I'd be like, I don't really <laughs> care, but, but thank you. Uh, or a common thing that they say is, I woke up during surgery once. You know, I always have to act really shocked, really empathetic when I know 99.9% of the time, they'll say it was like during a colonoscopy or a heart or a uh, cataract or, surgery, or
0: cataract surgery. Yep.
3: Yeah. And I go, those aren't full general yeah. anesthesia. You know, colonoscopies can be done awake. Now, I had a guy come in for his colonoscopy who refused anesthesia because he had to drive his wife home after her colonoscopy that day. You know, it sounded like a really roundabout way to incorporate <laughs> butt stuff into their sex lives. But who am I to judge? Um. Uh, I don't know, you know, patients often say things like, after I list all the complications that can happen, they say, I don't care. Just make sure I'm asleep. And I always say, you mean make yeah. sure you wake up, right? That's, that's the hard part. <laughs> People don't understand the risks. Um, a patient doesn't care that you manage his ejection fraction of 10%, severe pulmonary hypertension while they're exsanguinating on the table. All they'll remember is, you know, feeling the tube in their mouth for one second at the end, or, oh, my, my lip is a little bloody. And that's a kind of a drawback of our field having advanced so much in patient safety that perfect outcomes are to be expected. Yes. Uh, I always say that anesthesiologists are like hockey goalies. They, we, can, we can't win the game, but we can definitely lose it for people.
2: Mm.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. That's
1: terrifying. I'm not sure I want to. I'm, I am very curious about you know, what we should be worried about. But then at the same time, I don't think I want to know.
4: Yeah, I think
0: that there's probably a there's certainly a spectrum because I I do a lot of informed consent as you do as well, yes. and and there are some people that really ask you they they go through it line by line and and ask about all the the different things and and there's some people that really don't want to hear mm-hmm. anything. Uh, Same thing with like during a a conscious surgery. So cataract surgeries, you know, people Mm. are awake. Some people want me to, they're asking me questions like, what what are you doing now? What's, (laughs) you know, what's, what's the next step? And then some people I'll, I'll start talking to them about what I'm doing. They're like, please don't talk, doctor. (laughs) Is that what your wife says or the patient's? (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs)
1: exactly just in general so it's it's
0: it's so interesting you know the spectrum you know that that you'll see uh you know whenever you're talking about these sensitive things and these these difficult things that you're going to be doing to to patients absolutely
1: well because we're not we're not awake for it obviously yeah so we we don't i don't know i guess ignorance is bliss we don't know the things we should be afraid of but what we what we are afraid of is We know we're going to be cut open. So we just really don't want to have to experience that.
3: Well, you know, sometimes that's that's not
1: just make sure I'm asleep. Comment comes.
3: Yeah. And, you know, I I totally understand that. But it, it comes to situations where I'm like, listen, going to sleep is really not safe. And you could die. And here's this alternative where we can do a nerve block where we can make your arm basically a limp dead fish for a few hours where you literally feel nothing. and I don't have to give you anything at all. And they still say, no, just put me to sleep. You know, I have to yeah. document, okay, yeah. you have all these increased risks of death, heart attack, stroke. And they mm-hmm. just say, okay, I accept that. And, you know, it's patient autonomy. We got to uh, do right by that. And as long as they understand everything, then we do it.
1: Well, I've had a nerve block before. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Well, what did you I have? I don't know why you oh, would yeah. the... Uh Well, that was part of the uh, my epidural cocktail. Oh, okay. I, I guess remember, it's... for kid one, it was an epidural and a block. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't remember much about why and what kind, but... Oh. I remember it was magical.
3: Very good. You're, I was going from like magician,
1: making Zach. mooing sounds, trying to get this child out <laughs> to immediately taking a nap. I mean, like that.
0: I do remember that. Yeah. Yes. It I was, was I amazing. Was asked, 20
1: hours in. And then and I asked I just, if I could
0: have one. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but that, that wasn't allowed. So, But Zach, I, I have one more question before we take a quick break um, can you help me with my anesthesiology content? I, I could use, I've exhausted all of my anesthesia jokes. I feel like, like I've already done a joke about Malampadis and, and, uh, and, and breaks. Like I've done all the things I need some more. Can you help me out? I can certainly be
3: your, um, your reference, your, your advisor for anesthesia related content. Um, you gotta let me sit down and think about <laughs> it. Cause I mean, you already use the breaks in the Sudoku. That's 95% of the. The stereotype, so we gotta start digging. It's <laughs>
2: true.
3: We got that. There's my there's my tip.
0: There yeah, you, there that's, you go. that's right. I gotta do that. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with Zach Antonoff. Hey Kristen, I have a PSA for you and all of our listeners from our friends from Tarsus. Let's hear it. You know how sometimes you can get red, itchy, irritated eyelids. Okay. Well, do you know what that might be? What? eyelid mites no yeah it's true it's a disease it's called demodex blepharitis that's
1: disgusting it's
0: pretty common
1: that's horrifying so if
0: you have itchy red irritated eyelids go talk to your eye doctor they can take a look at you
1: tell you if you're not alone
0: that's right but don't freak out just get checked out all right to find out more go to eyelidcheck.com again that's eyelidcheck.com to get more information about demodex blepharitis Hey, everybody, there is a new podcast that has joined the Human Content Network. We got I'm a little, excited about this one because I'm a family. fan. Yeah, we got a little family going here. Uh, it's called Explain Like I'm 30 with Sydney Raskin.
1: Sydney Raz.
0: Sydney as Raz. As he's
1: known on the internet.
0: That's right. You may recognize him from TikTok as that guy that teaches a generation about life hacks for some reason nobody told you about. Yeah, everybody got all those little things that yeah. could make your life easier that you don't know about. Uh, in this podcast, he'll be interviewing all sorts of cool people with awesome professions like a professional cuddler, mm. a living statue, mm. and a hypnotherapist. Be fascinating. Very interesting. So stick around until the end of this episode to hear the trailer. Today's episode is brought to you by the Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX for short. This is AI-powered ambient technology. It just sits there in the room with you, just helps you be more efficient, and it helps with uh, reducing clinical documentation burden.
1: Yeah, and that can help you feel less overwhelmed and burnt out and just kind of restore the joy to practicing medicine.
0: And we all want that. So stick around after the episode or visit Nuance.com slash Discover DAX. That's N-U-A-N-C-E.com. All right, we are back with Dr. Antonov. So Zach, uh, uh, we are going to play a game that's called um, Annoyed Anesthesiologist, (laughs) which is a a name I I literally just came up with this second. Um, Because what this is, is a game where I'm going to play the surgeon and I'm going to say a thing. A few words, a phrase, and you are going to give me on a scale from one to ten how annoyed that thing I said made you feel. With ten being the most annoyed? Ten being the most annoyed, like you're like seething with rage, but it's all underneath because anesthesiologists, you guys are so cool and calm. You're like straight. You don't you never lose your cool. That's what I like. Surgeons do. They lose their cool. Like they they freak out at things. Uh, but I have never seen an anesthesiologist like like really lose it because you can't because you're like uh, things could like turn in a dime. Right. And you got to like be able to handle things. So I feel like that's part of the personality with anesthesiologists. I'm excited. So anyway, what annoyed anesthesiologist? OK, here we go. The first thing. Hey, anesthesia. That's it. That's it. That's it. That, that's it. <laughs> Surgeon says, hey, anesthesia. What's how does that make you feel?
3: Uh, let's say during residency, that would have made me feel an eight, where I was more <laughs> proud and cocksure, and you know, all confident and indignant. But nowadays, uh-huh. maybe a two or a three. Um, oh, okay.
0: Mostly, there's. You a, don't mind when the surgeon doesn't know your name? It doesn't bother you too much. So it it really depends. You just
1: so identified with your profession that now that is your name. I
3: if it's a surgeon, that's literally seen me day in, day out for years and they still call me anesthesia, then then yeah, sure. Or if there's just so much turnover where it's impossible to learn everyone's names, I'll give them a pass. Um, you know, okay. But otherwise not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad.
0: Okay. But still, surgeons, if you're a surgeon listening, learn learn the anesthesiologist's name. All right. If you don't know the name, make one up. Okay. At, at least then you, you can say, Oh, I thought you were somebody else. Sorry. I also know
3: all the breaks make it um, hard because we're coming in and now you could take like 20 breaks in one case. Like, wait, are you John? Wait, now you're Frank? I don't even know.
0: <laughs> 20 breaks. <laughs> <laughs> like, like every five minutes. Oh, uh, man. Okay, here's another one. Anesthesia, bed up, please. <laughs>
3: um, that, I would say, just a one i'm really not annoyed because they need doesn't bother the surgeon needs the bed at a certain way to get the surgery done honestly if it makes you operate even one percent faster to get the bed at a certain place (laughs) please by all means tell me to go up down left right side to side i'll make it happen
0: perfect perfect okay good so that's a one Uh, all right next one five minutes later bed down please (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh now how annoyed are yeah, you yeah
3: that would that would creep up to a four and five now I, i'd be like your anesthesiologist <laughs> that just makes a <laughs> noise and say how's that
0: yeah
2: <laughs> right, yeah, right. Yeah.
0: Sur- surgeons can be a little finicky a little a little picky a little particular about uh about things like that okay next thing let's have our med student close the incision
3: <laughs> oh man um I would say I don't know if a community hospital where you're at now. Do you have med students that come in? We don't have med students. Um, I think they sometimes have like PA students or kind of PAs that may not have as much surgical experience as an yeah. actual surgeon. So you know, we still we still get that. But
0: look, you're All right, this is this is also the end of a um, let's say four hour case, mm-hmm. uh, open of colon resection. <laughs> Oh, man. Let's have our med student close the incision.
3: You're going to see the, you know, we're just calm, cool, and collected, man. I would also say maybe a five at that because I'm not too far away from residency in med school. Everyone needs their training. I totally understand that. And as long as I actually know, then I can tailor it. You know, if, if they say that, I'm like, okay, I got another half an hour left. I know exactly what to tailor as opposed to, you know, all of a sudden, okay, we're done. You can wake the patient up. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that okay. What is that? That was my next. Ah, one I got what, you. Okay. What? Where? Where are you? Where are you on the annoyance oh, scale? Yeah, nine or ten. That? Okay, we're done. Nine or ten, right uh, there. Yeah, that's like that's peak. Why? What? Right.
1: what is that? What?
0: Well, tell tell us why that's so awful.
3: Well, sure. Like as as Will has shown in his skits, we don't have an anesthesia on and off button where we just press a button and then magically they wake up and everything is all done. Sometimes we can do that depending on the anesthetic, but most times it's a process, you know, everything has to start dissipating and coming off. And it's kind of a, the whole landing process of an airplane, you know, you don't just snap your fingers in the middle of the air and you're departing on the ground. Uh, that all takes skill finesse time. So if a surgeon says, okay, we're all done. You can wake him up. We got another case to go. I'll be like, You just screwed yourself over, you know, and then it makes me look bad because everyone's standing around for 10 extra minutes waiting for the patient to wake up uh, glaring at me. I'm like, blame the surgeon. You know, he could have given me a 10 minute warning.
0: Okay. All right. Next one. Uh, Anesthesia, the patient's moving.
3: Mm. Oh, uh, I'm okay. I'm going to say a two or three, but if you worded it as the patient is waking up, then an eight or a nine,
4: there's
3: a a big difference. All right. Patient's not waking up, just involuntary good reflexes. Point. Okay, if you say they're waking up, it makes me look like I'm just doing a bad job or keeping the patient awake. Um,
0: but oh, okay, that's a good distinction. Yeah. All right, waking up versus moving. Exactly, okay. and uh, and then what do you do then? What do you do if? Yeah, when the when the surgeon, what do you do back there when the surgeon says, "Oh, patient's moving," and you're like, "Oh, it's it's a reflex thing."
3: I I'd probably just give or a little more anesthetic more? or more paralysis. Um, sometimes you have surgeons that yeah. are just like, "Patient's a little tight. Are they fully paralyzed?" And you're like, "They they got zero twitches on the twitch monitor. What more do you want me to do?" Like, well, it's, they feel tight here, and then you just say like, "Okay, I'm giving something," and same <laughs> thing as the bed height going up.
0: Patient's a little tight. What right. what does that mean? The patient's a little like tight. like their
3: muscles are tight when they're operating in them, and oh, the, they, they just oh, have see. a subjective okay. feel that the patient is a little tight and not paralyzed gotcha. enough to their liking.
0: And then and then you give the the placebo. And I give the placebo, uh, and
3: seventy percent of the time it works. One hundred percent of the time. <laughs>
0: That's a, That's the surgeon placebo. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. I and also you mentioned another thing. A twitch monitor is that? Was it? Yes. Is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's when we stream live on Twitch during the operating
3: room and just like do comedy. <laughs> no. No. It's uh. <laughs> we have uh like basically two electrodes that we can place on either the face or the arm, and it sends a st- electrical stimulus four in a row, and you kind of see how many twitches they have on their arm and if you have four out of four twitches then you're not paralyzed and if you have zero out of four you're probably totally paralyzed and somewhere in between is a you know a scale of it and that tells you kind of how much
0: paralytic gotcha. to give gotcha i didn't no idea you could monitor twitches that's cool um i see this is another thing like i this is the reason why like neurosurgeons and general surgeons they 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 say that ophthalmologists are not surgeons because I had, I have no idea what some of these things are. Um, well they have so, no idea what you know, some I'm of just, the things you do are. So I, That's true. That that's true. They don't know what it's like to pull on an eye muscle oh, yeah. and um you know have the the heart rate. It, okay. Anyway, okay, moving on. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. I got uh we'll do one more. We'll do one more. All right. Anesthesia, what is taking so long to wake this patient up?
3: Wow. That that would probably be a ten for me. You hit a you hit a nerve there just because you really got to have some balls on you to say that, you know, after doing an (laughs) eight hour case and then waiting until the last minute to say, okay, we're done. Um, and then having the balls to say what's taking so long, because there's just so many things that can happen. Oh, I don't know. Maybe the patient just had a stroke from, you know, the massive blood loss you gave them. There's just so many reasons. uh, There's, there are a lot nicer ways to say.
0: Yes, that's absolutely true. You should never say that. That's never something you should say. Um, is it true, like, the longer the case is, like, the longer it takes to wake the patient up from? Is that, or do you type, you, you have to start that process of waking them up a little sooner, right? So that it doesn't take too long? Yes. Is, that, is that your goal?
3: Yes, it, it depends, too. There are some drugs and some anesthetics where you could be infusing them for three days and they'll still come off, you know, within three minutes. But the vast majority, yes, the longer you go, the longer it takes to kind of wear off. So it, it's always nice to have, a lot of uh, a lot of warning ahead of time, and also just you know, occasionally looking yeah. over the drapes and just seeing what they're what they're doing. Because if they're already starting to sew skin and they haven't said anything, you can probably start waking them mm-hmm.
0: up. There you go. Um, did I miss any? Did did I did I miss any major annoyed anesthesiologists oh, may- things that oh, maybe, um, say?
3: Oh oh, can we just do this case under a little sedation as we're trying to cancel a case? That's always a
0: <laughs> oh. That's true. I mean, we didn't even talk about canceling a case, which I I recently learned is part of the residency curriculum. Actually, that's part part of the board like,
3: boards for anesthesiology.
0: Is that that? Oh, okay. That's what it is. That's something you actually like. have to like,
1: like when to cancel a w- case. No, you have to know, or
0: or even like how to communicate it with the surgeon. Oh. Yeah, there's usually one scenario where they say, "Okay, here's
3: the scenario of the case. You're canceling it. You have to talk to the surgeon about this." Yeah, that's always a very because they always get an actor which is the biggest a-hole talking to you
2: <laughs> right
0: i that is that is so funny that uh that that that's like a something that you're tested on is there ophthalmology
3: oral boards or no
0: yeah yeah oh, okay. we do oral boards yeah yeah but we don't we don't have like how would you respond to an anesthesiologist telling you that <laughs> the cataract is <Yeah>. canceled <laughs>
1: Have you ever? I wonder what ChatGPT would say to answer that question. They pass the boards, right?
0: Yeah. What? So, what? What is your strategy for for broaching this subject with the with the surgeon who has no idea they're about to get their case canceled? Uh,
3: it's always best to frame it in a patient care and patient safety aspect, and always frame it as in like our patient. And you know, I think the safest thing would be to do this because if you just say, "Hey, potassium's too," we got to cancel. Uh, that doesn't really come across well. And you always want to make it seem like, as you said before, it's the surgeon's idea to cancel. And and that's truly anesthesia doesn't cancel cases. You know, it's the surgeon that listens to us and says, okay, I guess I'm listening to anesthesiology and canceling the case. You know, we, we, we always suggest things because the, the surgeon can always say, I don't care. I'm calling this case an emergency and we have to do it. And in that case we say, okay, I'm going to write that down and we're going to do it.
0: There you go. There you go. Annoyed anesthesiologist. Thanks for getting annoyed with it's me. It's okay. This it, doesn't, is great. it doesn't take, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty cool. Let's, let's take, let's take one more break and we'll come back with a couple of fan stories before we wrap up. All right. We are back uh, with Zach Antonoff. So we're going to, one thing we do Zach is, uh, is we read a couple of, we read a fan story. So people send stories to us about their time in healthcare. Uh, and I, I don't read these ahead of time, uh, and so this, we'll be experiencing this together, uh, and this will be very exciting. So our story today, we just have one story. comes from David. David says, I tore my ACL about a year ago and had to have surgery. When I went in for the surgery, the nurse who put my IV in was uh, uh, struggled a little bit. I've always been praised by phle- phlebotomists for how present my veins are, and after not drinking anything since midnight the night before, I knew it wasn't my fault. My, so that means so when you're when you're dehydrated, your veins are not as like notable and prominent, and so it can be right. Yeah, they're not as actually, We're talking to an anesthesiologist say, who puts yeah. IVs in all the time. Yeah, tell us is is it, is it difficult when patients are NPO and haven't had anything to eat or drink? Yeah, it's certainly. I don't know if it's one of those things that's actually
3: true or something we say to kind of put the blame on the patient instead of <laughs> us not being make, good enough. Make yourself yeah. feel
0: better. <laughs> gotcha. All right, so this, uh, so David uh, had flat veins and it wasn't his fault. Uh, So um, (laughs) my uh, my wife was in the room for this, so she recounted this uh, for me a few times. The first time the nurse tried to stick me, they missed the vein. Not a big deal. I know that happens, but I think it riled them up a bit. They tried a second time, but didn't pinch me, pinch, pinch me how you were supposed to. <laughs> and I gushed blood onto the Ooh. floor and the blankets until they taped the IV in place. That's the only time I ever heard a healthcare worker say, Shit, I'm sorry. I'm sure the ortho bro loved including the puddle of blood on the floor and his yeah. estimated blood loss <laughs> numbers.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. I always make that joke too when we make a bloody mess for IVs or A lines. Um,
0: yeah <laughs> hey man it, ha- it happens it's sometimes the-
3: sometimes messes happen but as long as the iv gets in there one way or another that's uh as
0: long as it's yeah. in right that's what counts you get more you get more with uh, the 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 art lines right you can get more a lot lot oh, more yeah, bleeding you get there
3: sh- shooting geysers if you're not careful
0: geysers, geyser's Blood so blood so geysers.
1: that's delightful all in a day's oh, work
0: yeah. the veins a little uh, uh, like an iv is just is more easy.
1: oh okay
0: yeah there you go do you do you put in all the A lines? Uh it's a, it's a
3: mix between, you know, CRNAs and the attending anesthesiologists, so we kind of have a crack equally at it. But so yeah, I I do Here's everything.
0: here's another one. Here's another one from a surgeon. Uh hey, let me try it. I have never
3: heard that. I think surgeons <laughs> just want as little to do as possible with that uh, that's honestly almost as bad as what's taking so long for you to do everything. It's like, "Here, let me just do it."
0: <laughs> i don't know if if a surgeon has ever said that in the history of surgery um uh, how
1: about the med student
0: the having the med student try i i tried a couple of art lines. they're actually harder than you yes. think i i found them quite difficult they're very actually. humbling yeah you would what think it's easier because you line? can
1: you're talking an, artery you're yeah, putting so an ib in, in an artery
0: yeah putting a like a i don't know what you call it mm-hmm. catheter or what it oh. you put a catheter in a, an artery a lot of times it's in the wrist mm-hmm. it's like the radial artery yes. right that's what you're using and the, the the thing is like you can feel it you can feel the pulse and it's like it's right there <laughs> it's right why is this so hard and then but then like you just miss it and and then you get bleeding and then it like collapses and you can't i don't know from what I remember, see, I've only done this like once mm-hmm. or twice, and it was traumatizing, uh, mm-hmm. and so I remember every part of yeah, it. But, poor uh, you! I, I wonder
3: how the patient with a giant hematoma and
0: Swiss cheese artery felt.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I've had one of those giant hematomas. I felt,
0: years. I did feel really you know, bad. Know uh, it's, it's, I, you know, but um I don't know. I guess for some reason know, they're I, just I, hard. I don't know why. They are, yeah, mm-hmm. they're hard. Arts are hard. Okay, so. Thank you, uh David, for that story. Uh, you can send us your stories, knock knock high at human-content.com. Zach, thanks for joining us. Uh just a pleasure to talk with you. Let's um uh tell us about this. I I want to make sure we we talk about your book here. So tell us about it. Uh what is what is it what's about, sure. You know, who's it for? All the sure. Things. Well, uh I did write a book called I Watch You Sleep,
3: a Doctor's Tales of Anesthesia and Chain Restaurants. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of, uh, it, it's not your when breath becomes air, you know, you're not going to be shedding copious yeah, tears yeah. <laughs> here. Uh, maybe a couple, but it's kind of an unfiltered, yeah. humorous, meaningful memoir of sorts about a life in medicine and anesthesia. So kind of giving a cross section of my life through that lens and, you know, kind of think maybe David Sedaris, if he were an even more vulgar person and a physician, if I may afford myself, uh... <laughs> that compliment so you know i touch on a lot of things that we kind of talked about here and i kind of mix it in with uh kind of wild stories that may or may not be true um so basically take everything with a grain of salt when you read it it's kind of half entertainment half um educational yeah it's aimed i think towards a a lay public you know i don't get too technical in there it's for people that are interested in Mm. getting kind of a glimpse of that world you know similar to the the worlds of like I don't know house of god or this is going to hurt kind of that mm-hmm. kind of irreverent uh style mm-hmm. it's kind of less common i love that because style. as we said doctors have a certain reputation and image to uphold but we are people mm-hmm. you know at the end of the day yes um so that's out there on Jeff Bezos' favorite marketplace.
0: You can find it. Uh, and it Check and yeah, it for out. The pe- that's Amazon, in case you didn't know who Jeff Bezos was. Yes. Uh,
3: and you can't see it for anyone listening, but there's just giant pallets of my books behind the Flannery's there. They must be real big fans. Oh, uh, yes. Uh.
1: Mm-hmm. We bought them in bulk. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: Uh,
4: well, I, had a, I had
3: a quick awesome. question for you. Like, How do you handle the inevitable kind of criticism and negativity when it comes to like criticisms towards the art and the humor aspect of things that you do.
0: Oh yeah. Um, you know, if it's like one or two comments, like one or two, that's people, all it takes. Well, if, if that's it, I kind of ignore well, good. it for the most part. If it's like, I'm getting a lot of the same types of criticism, then there probably is something there to that. Mm-hmm. And I need to at least take it seriously. Think about mm-hmm. it. Like, where is that coming from? Did I word something the wrong way? You know, do I need to, you know, take the content down, whatever it is, um, which very rarely happens. Uh, and so, but you're always going to mm-hmm. get like one or two, like yeah. kind of strange, you know, negativity or people that are just really upset about what you said.
1: But that's always about them, not about you. When it's those one-offs.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, exactly.
1: like that's an an unhappy person having a bad day or they've had something very specific mm. happen to them that that mm. touched in some way. And I don't know. I think it's easy to, to write off the, the one offs, right? The Cause vali- you can't be yeah. all things to all yep. people. So that's just not someone that's yeah. your I people. Think people
0: that- the valid, the valid criticism will be apparent mm-hmm. because it's going to come from, especially if you have a large platform, it's going to come from lots of different places.
3: Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think yeah. people that aren't in the creative sphere, Don't kind of the don't appreciate the vulnerability that comes with releasing a creative endeavor into the wild, Mm -hmm. because I'm sure when you were doing it, what you know, when I was doing it, um, you know, I don't need the piddling royalties that Jeff Bezos ekes out to me from this book, you know, I do it as a creative endeavor, I I had something I wanted to say, I put it out there, I'm sure you were the same. And it Mm -hmm. is very vulnerable. You know, you put it out, you get people that like it, you get people that don't, you get people saying one thing or another and i i think it's just the nature of art you know you're not doing something to please yeah. everyone you're not making you're not making a car that you want every single person to buy you're making a piece of art that you hope just resonates with the audience you want and with enough people to make an impact even if it's positive or negative you know i i'd almost rather mm-hmm. have an average 5 out of 10 score and have it all be filled with tens and ones rather than just all being filled with fives cuz you at least know you right.
0: sparked a discussion you um yeah, you made there's meaning. a lot of truth to that. that uh, that's right. actually a really good point. Yeah.
1: yeah. If you're not ruffling a few feathers as a comedian, then you're boring. Mm-hmm. But if you're so. ruffling
3: feathers as a doctor, then you're fired. <laughs>
0: Well, it could be
2: and maybe. Yeah. I mean, depending you know, on the situation, absolutely.
0: Yeah. But you know, also because a lot of what I do is satire, mm-hmm. and and so you you gotta ev- evoke a reaction, and uh, there's got to be some truth to it, and you gotta like have uh, kind of an a underlying message. And some people are gonna agree with that message, and some people are mm-hmm. not. But um, I think the message is still important, yeah. uh, and you gotta kind of take a side. You know, that's that's, that's kind of the nature of comedy and satire is and your
3: everything. one low negative comment jimothy from united healthcare or something commenting on your videos <laughs>
1: <laughs> no it's <Is> me there...
0: <laughs> oh man yeah <laughs> i you know actually you know it's so funny that because the united healthcare stuff you would think i'd get the only people that would disagree with what i say about united healthcare is united healthcare. well they're busy sailing their uh, mega
3: yachts they don't really care i don't think
0: They don't care. I mean, I do know that they see my stuff because I've talked to people that have been that are in United Healthcare that 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 have um uh said that they they see it and a lot of them secretly laugh at it and agree with it and all this stuff, but um and maybe or maybe I'm just trying to sow discord within the United Healthcare uh, organization by saying this. I don't know. Uh but I'm okay. There's some some people you're just okay with pissing off and yeah i think if you believe
1: in what you're saying yeah you know and there's some substance to it and a reason for sharing it then you know naysayers yeah whatever it's easier to write them off when when you believe in what you're Mm -hmm. saying i think
0: but zach keep doing what you're doing i love seeing people uh, show you know have creativity in medicine we need more creativity more people showing their creative sides and so i think it's it's been an honor talking Uh,
3: to you for free when other plebeians have to pay $250 <laughs> on Cameo to do it. So they, could you just wish me happy
0: birthday real quick so I can save hey, it for next year? Uh, yeah. Happy
1: birthday. Uh, yeah. Um, ha- happy graduation oh, right. thank you, thank to your you, niece you. and nephew. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Happy birthday, Zach. Uh, uh, Merry Christmas <laughs> and happy new year. And uh,
1: congratulations. That,
0: congratulations on the thing that you did. <laughs> thank you. Well done. I love it. Uh, again, your book is called I Watch You Sleep, A Doctor's Tales of Anesthesia in Chain Restaurants get it on Amazon. And are you on social media? Uh, No, you know, as I kind of alluded to, I just
2: put,
3: I wanted to put something out there. (laughs) My goal is not to just become a media personality. So I'm not on social media. I am just on the cover of books. That's all.
0: There you go. I I, I actually, that's, that's, uh, I'm very impressed in fact. So it's probably makes your life a little bit easier than having to. (laughs) promote yourself on social media so where
1: else where else do you write do you have anything you're working on uh
0: not
3: currently i i've always loved writing fiction as well but that's kind of on the back burner i got some uh some kid a kid on the way uh, a third kid on the way oh. so I, i'm busy with all of that uh maybe yeah. maybe later
0: maybe the, during those big uh colon resections yeah. you can you, know, well, you do, know when do you think there's a chapter most of or two book? <laughs> that's right <laughs> all right Zach it's good talking to you thanks for joining thank us all right thank you to Zach for joining us and I just had a I, I loved being able to ask all of my anesthesiology related questions uh, I, I think they got a, a, a great job it's um I mean, they're what they do is so difficult though. It's really yeah. that like one pr- like can you imagine? A lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Even like the routine of, of um, intubations. I mean, the, they have to get that tube in because yeah. the patient's like not breathing. I guess I never it's realized. It's got to get in there
1: before. Like, are you? Stressful. You're always intubated if you're under general anesthesia. Yeah, because you
0: because you, you're you're you're. Um, you're paralyzed, right? So yeah, even so you your can't. Lungs yeah, can't... you can't breathe on your own.
1: So does that mean you're on a ventilator? Is that the same mm-hmm. thing?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, basically it is. Yeah, you got a machine uh-huh. that's breathing for you. Yeah, so
1: that's scary.
0: Yeah. Anyway, and uh, and thank you all for sending in your stories. Uh, let us know what you thought of the episode. Uh, if you have any other suggestions for uh doctors, I think Zach might have been a suggestion to us from. We get a lot of yeah, people have a lot of great yeah. ideas for guests. And so we love hearing that. So send us your guest suggestions. Uh, we definitely have a few guests coming up and mm-hmm. uh, some future I episodes that were, that were it's recommended to us. Requested. And um, let us know what you thought of the game. Did you like the game? annoyed, annoyed anesthesiologist. anesthesiologist
1: seems like a little bit of an oxymoron now that we've gotten through it turns right. out not much can not much ruffle you those it's feathers. hard to
0: ruffle their feathers that's mm-hmm. true
1: i guess that's good if you're in such a high high exactly. pressure I, occupation you want somebody that can keep their cool
0: even even keeled level-headed type of person lots of ways to to reach us you can email us knock knock high at human-content.com visit us on our social media all the social medias We're there uh, kick it with us and our Human Content Podcast family on Instagram and TikTok at Human Content Pods. Uh, thanks to all the listeners leaving feedback and reviews. That really helps. Go out there. Like, if you like this show, if you don't like the show, just never just listen to us bye. again. See you. Uh, it's fine. No hard feelings. <laughs> but if you really like it, please leave a review. Uh, if you subscribe and comment on your favorite podcasting app or on YouTube, we can give you a shout out. Like today, at Matthew Doy Doye on youtube said came for the lols the lols stayed for the eyeballs
1: i <laughs> see what that, you did there
0: that could uh that could apply to a lot of things uh, that i say and do in my in my life uh so thank you for that you've uh,
1: converted an eyeball fan
0: i, I did yeah i yeah. love i love maybe making that's a future
1: ophthalmologist fans.
0: one can only hope uh in all full episodes of this podcast are on youtube on my youtube channel at d glock and flecken you can also help join our patreon uh, lots of cool perks, bonus episodes, or react to medical shows and movies. Hang out with the Knock Knock High community. We're there, we're active in it. Uh, early ad free episode access, QA live stream events, a lot more. Um, we got a hangout coming up pretty soon. Uh, Patreon.com slash and Flecken, or go to Glockham Speaking of Patreon community perks, new member shout out to Baseball Rob, Sarah M, Ann P, and Kristen Oh,
1: we got another, Kristen. another there, Kristen. It's even spelled the same way.
0: It is, yeah. Correct way. The correct way. <laughs> the correct way. Uh, you're gonna, you're gonna hear it from. I know. Wrong. We Christians
1: have some strong opinions <laughs> about that.
0: Shout out! Uh, thank you for joining us, everybody. Shout out uh, for to, to all the Jonathan's. As always, a, a virtual head nod to you all. Uh, Patrick, Lucia C, Sharon S, Omar, Edward K, Stephen G, Rostbox, Jonathan F, Marion W, Mister Granddaddy. Caitlin C, Brianna L, Dr. J, Chaver W, Jonathan A, Leah D, KL, Rachel L, and Ann P. Thank you to all the Jonathans. Patreon roulette, random shout out to an emergency medicine tier patron. Shout out to Rebecca O for being a patron. Yes, yeah, it's, it's moving Thank into you, more of a cat purr. What is it?
1: Everyone has left now.
0: That's a cat purr. Right? Can I do? Am I doing a good cat purr? Yeah, anyway, yay! This is uh, this, we're, off the rails. we're we're turning this into a ASMR, like an ASMR channel. Yeah. Let me purr into the microphone for you all <laughs> and call it a, a a drum roll. Anyway, thank you for listening. We're your hosts, Will and Kristen Flannery, also known as the Gwak and Fleckens. Special thanks to our guest today, Dr. Zach Antonov. Our executive producers: Will Flannery, Kristen Flannery, Aaron Corny, Rob Goldman, and Shanti Brook. Our editor and engineer: Jason Portiza. Our music is by Omar Bensfi. To learn about our Knock Knock High's program, disclaimer, ethics, policy, submission, verification, and licensing terms, and HIP release terms, you can go to Gawk or reach out to us. Knock Knock High at human content.com with any questions, concerns, or jokes if you have them. Puns also work. Knock Knock High is a human content production.
2: Knock Knock, goodbye. (laughs) goodbye.
4: As adults, I think it's obvious that we all stop sometimes and think, as much as I love my job, what other options are out there? What would it be like as a professional cuddler, a real life zombie, a horse breeder, or a scuba diving pizza delivery person? My name is Sydney Raskine, or as I'm known around the internet, Sydney Raz. You may know me as the guy who discovers all the things we wish we knew by our 30s. But the one thing I've always wanted to know is, how do you get the world's most obscure jobs? And how do you even do them? Join along as each week I sit down to understand what makes these people tick and question to myself if I should have taken a different career path all along. Let's find out, internet, on Explain Like I'm 30. Catch new episodes each Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts and on my YouTube channel at Sydney Raz. Subscribe now and let's learn how to milk a goat. How would I clean when a porn sack gets dirty? What should I use to build stilts that are sturdy? Where could I breed a new species of birdie?
1: Explain like I'm 30.
0: Hey, Kristen, do you know why I got into medicine in the first place?
1: To spend your evenings on documentation, of course.
0: Uh, no, actually, that never even crossed my mind. Mm, weird. I got into medicine to actually take care of patients, to, mm. to be able to form relationships with them that and, is a and better care reason. for them, to listen to them, to actually look at their eyeballs while I'm treating their eyeballs.
1: Well, I would hope that you
0: look at where you're treating. It's an important part of being an ophthalmologist, and it's easier than ever with the Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX for short. This is AI-powered ambient technology. It's just in the room with you, and it helps you be more efficient and reduce clinical documentation burden. Uh, It basically lets you get back to being a physician and practicing the way you want to practice.
1: So it's like having a Jonathan.
0: It really is. To learn more about the Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX, visit Nuance.com DiscoverDAX. That's nuanc dot DiscoverDAX.